Today's episode of Office Hours is sponsored by Holding Hangers. Holding Hangers come in different sizes so they can securely hold your garments from the inside using gentle tension without stretching them out. Each size hanger holds a range of clothing sizes though, so you don't have to worry about replacing your hangers if you go up a size or down a size. But if you did change sizes and needed new hangers, Holding Hangers will exchange your hangers at no cost to you. How cool is that? Just another reason to love this innovative closet tool. Everyday Style School listeners can take 15% off their first purchase by going to holdinghangers.com and using code STYLE15. That's STYLE15 in all caps, or just visit today's show notes for the link. Welcome back to Office Hours, the weekly show of the Everyday Style School podcast where we answer just one question submitted by you, you lovely listeners, to help make style easier and getting dressed more fun. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey-Mary, and let's dig in for the day. We have got a fun one today, and I'm guessing one that a lot of you didn't even know was a thing. We got an email from another Jen who wrote, Recently, my husband got dinged for returning too many things to Home Depot, and a third-party company that tracks returns now prevents him from making returns for store credit. I've heard of the same thing happening to people who return too many clothes. I would love to shop online more because I wear size 11 shoes, but I'm afraid of getting blacklisted. Can you tell us more about the third-party company who tracks returns and how to avoid tripping their system? Great question. And as I'm reading that question, I am imagining my millions, okay, fine, thousands of listeners being terrified that their last purchase was the one that put them over the edge and they're going to end up in return jail now. Take a breath. It's probably not going to happen to you, but let's dig in here and talk about what this is, how it works, and how you can keep your return privileges in good standing. First, yes, this is a thing. The largest company that does this is called the Retail Equation, and I will link to it in the show notes. A lot of the information I'm going to share with you today is directly from their site, so feel free to check that out. Also, I'm going to link to a couple of other resources who have more to say on the topic of being banned from returns. But back to the Retail Equation. They are a company that, among other things, is hired by retailers to track your returns through their return authorization program. Before we go any further, let's talk about why this is a thing. Return abuse and return fraud are big business. The retail equation estimates that every year, 18 to 24 billion, with a B, dollars are lost to return abuse and fraud. And Jen, I want to be very clear that I'm not saying that your husband's returns were fraudulent or abusive. In all likelihood, they weren't, which is one of the big problems that we'll get to later. But return scams are a big deal, and they're not always these super savvy scammers either. In my career, I have seen plenty of it, some shady, some honest mistakes, and some just plain weird. When I worked for Chico's, an employee came to me. I was in the back working, and she said, I can't figure out how much to give this woman back for these things that she wants to return. She doesn't have a receipt, and I can't find them in the system. So I went out, and I didn't have to do much investigating to find out why. All of the items were Cherokee, not Chico's, and neither the customer or the employee noticed that she should have been at Target instead of our store. Now, our store at the time had a policy like, okay, we'll kind of make something up. We'll give you what we think is fair. So had she not come back and asked me, we would have taken clothes back that didn't even come from us. 
Then I had a Linda who, on our shopping trip, brought a bag full of items to return to Nordstrom. Now, I had been in her closet the previous week, and I noticed these items were in the pile of things she was getting rid of because she didn't want anymore. And I said, Linda, you've worn these for years. And she said, I know. I'm just tired of them, though. So I'm going to bring them back. And I was frankly horrified. I was horrified by this. And I tried to explain to her that that's not really how returns work. But She was committed, and Nordstrom being Nordstrom, they took them back. Now, they could not resell them. There was nothing they could do with them. These things were years old and had been worn for years, so Nordstrom took the hit. These things cost stores money, and guess what, friends? The retailers aren't eating the cost. Eventually, they get passed back to you. So return fraud and abuse are a big deal. By the way, I am saving my favorite return abuse story for our next Lessons from Linda. It's a good one, and you're not going to want to miss it. The other thing is that now that inventory cycles are so short, the shelf life of each item is short too. Do you remember back in the day you had 90 days to return things to Gap? That's when Gap had the same merchandise for 90 days at a time. Now, in 90 days, that item you want to return would have been long gone, as would the two cycles that came after it. So when people return things outside of that window, the store takes a hit because they often have to give you back more than they can sell it for. But back to the retail equation and what Jen's question was all about. Here's the way the retail equation works. Each retailer sets up their own rules for returns and what, to them, constitutes abusive or fraudulent return behavior. The rules are usually the things that you see on the receipt or, more increasingly, housed on websites. Now your receipt will say, check our website for the return policies. These are things like, how many days do you have to return something? What happens if you don't have a receipt? And so on. Their rules, though, for what constitutes fraudulent or abusive behavior is the stuff you're not going to see. These are things like, how often are you returning? Are you returning big dollar amounts? How often are you returning without a receipt or outside the return window? How many days from your original purchase are you returning? Going back to what I said about short sales cycles, a retailer might say, we want to track people who constantly return on the very last day. Do that to them a hundred times and they might be like, yeah, no thanks, you're not a very valuable customer to us. The retail equation tracks those returns and using the store's own standards assesses a risk score for that retailer. It's not an overall risk score that applies to every brand the retail equation works with. It's just for that store. So even if you're playing by the rules on the receipt, eventually you could lose your return privileges for engaging in behavior that mimics, for that retailer, abusive or fraudulent returns, even if your returns are on the up and up. It just looks like what they've established abuse or fraudulent behavior to be. It's funny that Jen mentioned the Home Depot because there's actually an industry term called the Home Depot rental. This is when people buy a tool or a product that they only need for a single project, maybe even one little thing that can be done in an hour or a day, and then they box it back up and return it. This is the home improvement equivalent of women wearing clothes with the tags on for one event and then returning. The stores know, and they can't put those items back on the shelf at full price. Stores who see a lot of that activity, like the Home Depot, likely have more strict rules for what looks fraudulent to them. 
Again, I'm not saying that it is fraudulent, but the tracking software and algorithm, they don't know that. They just know it looks fraudulent based on the rules that the store has set up. But you say, wait, wait, isn't that against the law? Don't they have to honor those policies on the receipt no matter how much you return? Legally, no. Returns are a privilege that retailers can revoke. What usually happens is that they will honor the return in real time in the store, and then they will send you a notice that your return privileges have been modified or revoked. I did read articles in researching this one about people going to the register and they say, no, your return is denied right then. I would think that most retailers don't do that because that's a lot to put on a 16 or 18 or even 20-year-old cashier to tell you you can't return something. So most of the time, you're going to get a notification through email or in the mail that you can't return for a period of time or in a certain way. How do they know what to track, though? If you have a receipt with your return and they scan it, obviously that's all the info they need. If you don't have a receipt and you hand over ID, like your driver's license for the return, they're tracking your return behavior that way. Also, we make it super easy by giving them our names, our phone numbers, and our email addresses, which tie our purchases to our returns. I'm guessing that most of you listening probably want to know how to know if you're on a store's watch list and sadly, there's not much you can do here. You can request an activity report from the Retail Equation, which if you follow the link in my show notes today, you can um, just go to the FAQs and it'll tell you how to get that report. This report is going to tell you all the returns they've tracked for all the stores that they work with, including date, dollar amount, and whether or not you had a receipt for it. What the report won't tell you is where those returns put you risk-wise with each retailer, meaning you could have 100 returns from one store with more relaxed rules, again, you don't know the rules, and have a very low score. You could have five returns with another store that has very strict rules and have a high risk score there. The retail equation does not give you access to your risk score with each store, the rules of each retailer, or even what stores they work with. It's a really tight-lipped organization. Again, though, it's important to note that the retail equation doesn't share information between brands that they work with. So your activity with one store doesn't affect your score with another. It's on a retailer-by-retailer -retailer basis. So armed with no information, how do you avoid getting banned or modified or dinged in any way? Again, there's not much you can do, but here's what I recommend. First, don't worry about it too much. The retail equation says only 1% of people are ever modified or banned from returning to a particular store. Again, each store sets up their own rules. Zappos, for example, and I don't know if they work with the retail equation, but they're just a good one for this example. They encourage customers to buy more than they need and return the rest because they know that shopping online for shoes can be really tricky and they want you to be happy. We've already established that stores like the Home Depot probably have stricter return rules for good reason. The same behavior that could get you blacklisted from returning at one retailer could be absolutely no big deal to another. Again, we just don't know. Stores that operate a big portion of their business online most likely have more lenient rules. Again, we don't know. I'm speculating. 40%, almost 40% of online clothing purchases are returned. That is a huge number, and we don't see thousands and thousands of women getting banned daily. I mean, it's still a pretty rare occurrence. The other thing you should do is follow the return policies. Always have the receipt. 
I don't know about you, but I struggle with this one. A salesperson can hand me a receipt, and by the time I get home, I have lost it. I have no idea what happened to it. But a good idea is to start accepting the emailed receipt that most retailers are offering now so you always have it. Not having the receipt is the biggest fraud flag to retailers. So that's the most important thing to do to stay off the naughty list. Have a receipt. Also, return within the stated window. I know that retailers have policies in place for what happens after that window, but like I said earlier, with sales cycles as short as they are, you're costing them money every time you do that. If you do happen to get on the bad side of the retail equation, you'll get notified that your return privileges are being modified or suspended, usually for a short period of time. It's a pretty drastic step to ban someone from returns for life, and retailers really don't want to go that route. Follow the rules for that time period, and you should be back in good graces in no time at all. Also, reach out to the company and ask to be reinstated. There are a bunch of articles online about people who called out brands on social media or contacted the company, and they were reinstated. There are also articles that said, no matter what I did, they would not reinstate my privileges. So, you know, it's kind of a, it's a gamble, but it's worth it. Bottom line, play by the rules, always have the receipt, and don't stress too much about it. The odds are this isn't going to happen to you. Thank you to Jen for sending in the question. And if you are listening and have a question you'd like me to cover on Office Hours, email it to podcast at youreverydaystyle.com. Head over to the show notes at youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast for links and resources from today's episode. Once again, I'd like to thank Holding Hangers for sponsoring our episode today. And don't forget to visit them at holdinghangers.com and use code STYLE15, all caps, to take 15% off of your first purchase. That's all for today. I'll see you next week. 